This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, the road to the Kentucky Derby continues with two prep races set to go today. The Grade 3 $250,000 Wither Stakes at New York's Aqueduct and at Gulfstream, where I'm sure that the weather will be a little warmer. The Fort Lauderdale track hosts the Grade 3 $250,000 Holy Bull Stakes, which is actually the first of three Kentucky Derby preps that Gulfstream will feature during their championship meet. Aqueduct's Withers will see a full field of 11 enter the starting gate at a distance of a mile and an eighth, a field that includes Covissier, winner of the Jerome Stakes on New Year's Day at Aqueduct, and a horse that currently sits 12th in the Kentucky Derby leaderboard. Today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, we are joined by Keith McKelmet, who is Senior Manager of Communications for the New York Racing Association, or NYRA. And I'm sure many of our listeners are probably familiar with Keith's name, and for good reason. He spent a number of years working for Woodbine in their marketing and communication department, where he was an award-winning horse racing writer. Shortly, you'll meet Keith, and we'll be introduced to the NYRA. I'll also talk about today's Aqueduct Kentucky Derby. Derby Prep, the much-anticipated $250,000 Withers. Still on the topic of the Kentucky Derby Preps, we're also joined today by friend of the show, Tommy Masses, or as he's known by many around the horse racing circles, Tommy Hammer, one of the more successful handicappers on horse racing today. Tommy, considered one of the very best of the game on betting horses and has the resume to prove it, having won several handicapping contests in the past. And at 2020, he hit a pick six that selected the winners of six straight races at Hong Kong that paid just over $1.1 million. Today, we'll once again meet Tommy Hammer, and he will shed some handicapping light on the $250,000 Holy Bulls stakes at Gulfstream Park and perhaps a couple of undercard stakes races and stake events, another fine card of racing at Gulfstream. So I'm looking forward to Tommy Hammer. Also today, we're once again joined by another friend of the show, Tony Elliott, racing manager for London's The Raceway at Western Fair District, who are deep into their popular and very successful standard bread racing season. If you are a steady follower of harness racing, there's a good chance that you paid a visit to the London racetrack during the traditional winter racing season. And shortly, we will hear from Tony on what we can expect from Western Fair as their race meet continues over the next few months and finally well he's back co-host larry simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at woodby mohawk park and some other north american tracks that are racing today with our ponies picks today sponsored by rocket ship racing it's going to be a great show as always so you better get your hpi and dark earth accounts ready to go for some heavy duty action today when we come back my co-host larry simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent racing news this is ponies 24 7 the radio magazine Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government 
government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Well, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert on all things ponies, Larry Simpson, for this, the February, first February of the edition of the month, and uh, we're getting ready to do some pony action and ponies picks. How are you doing, Larry? I'm doing okay. How about you? Good, good, good. Uh, it's uh, We're getting to that time. Uh, races, the stakes, both financially and the st- what's at stake for the races and the trainers and jockeys getting bigger and bigger. We had a real indication of that last weekend uh, with Nick's go and the battle of life is good. Yeah, the uh, the battle really didn't materialize, but life is good was good. And he, oh, he yeah. got... And he, fast. And he was fast and uh, Nick's go got down on the rail and really couldn't uh, get close to him. And uh, it's funny, we kind of talked about that uh, with Ron Nicoletti last mm-hmm. week, and I made the point that life is good really hasn't topped out yet. They don't know how good he is, and I think that was proven uh, last week because uh, they just took no prisoners, went right to the front, and Nick's go couldn't even get close to him. So uh, it's going to be interesting going forward because Nick's go is now retired. He was trained by uh, Brad Cox. Well, Brad Cox has another horse that's in the open class, like the uh, four-year-old division. Now a horse that is a friend of the show, you could say, Mandaloon. Oh, Mandaloon, yes, Mandaloon, yeah. And uh, Mandaloon's had uh, a start back and uh, looked pretty impressive. And they're talking about maybe this is the next rivalry, Mandaloon and uh, life is good. So hmm. it, that just remains to be seen down the road. So the, explain for the listeners, maybe don't understand that the significance of winning the Pegasus for life is good as it pertains for the next few months in horse racing. Well, obviously it was uh, a big purse for the, for the owners, but uh, it's bragging rights. You could say that uh, right now he's the uh, top uh, age performer out there. And, uh, you know, there's going to be a few horses like Mandaloon that are, are going to try to knock him off his uh, perch. But, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. But it's actually good for racing because... Yeah, it is. And that's been a, a problem with racing in the past. Uh, uh, you could say because these horses were being retired to, to go to stud after their three-year-old career. And so the, the age division, uh, the open division was losing a lot of its popularity. There was no fan interest in that. So you needed something. It started with Nick's Go and Life is Good. And let's just hope it can carry on now with Life is Good and Mandaloon, or maybe it's going to be Hot Rod Charlie. Oh, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Good choice. Know, so, yeah. yeah. So that's that's one thing is there are two or three good four-year-olds competing this year, which we haven't seen that in, in the industry for, for a few years now. So Now, for the standard breads, this is great news for fans of 
Uh, Bob McClure, uh, this past Monday, friend of the show, an uh, absolute regular Woodbine Mohawk Park, Bob McClure driving a winter at Pompano in Florida. He did, and we talked about uh, that uh, last week, that uh, Bob had gone down to uh, uh, to Florida, basically just for a vacation time before he got back into uh, full-time driving uh, up here. And he did say he wanted to drive at Pompano and possibly win a race there because this could be the last um, season for racing at Pompano, which is, is kind of sad. I I went to Pompano as a, a teenager and that, and uh, I've been there a few times since, and it was kind of like a, a winter home away from home. And there's still some talk that uh, because of the uh, compact with the casinos and that, that they may shut it down, hmm. and uh, that'll be the end of uh, harness racing in, in the... Uh, in the state of Florida. So uh, Bobby wanted to uh, drive a horse there bef- if they did, before they did shut it down, and he won. He won the, uh, the open pace uh, on Monday night. And also, he's now back here, and he's got, uh, I believe, seven drives in at uh, Woodby Mohawk Park tonight. So he's, uh, he's come back fast and furious. I was just going to say, his health obviously must be quite good if he signed up for that many races tonight. Yeah, when we had him on the show there a few weeks ago, he said that uh, you know he was out uh, jogging horses and training horses in the morning and that. So it's been a, like a regime that he's got himself into. So great for him, and uh, good luck for him, and hopefully he can... Go back and win the O'Brien Award, which he won two years ago. Well, so. and also, Larry, I mean, if you think about the standard bread season now for you know going through to the spring into the summer, Bob's back and healthy. Now, you, I mean, every time you're looking at Woodbine Mohawk Park, it's not just the races. You've got some drivers. It's it's on. Well, yeah, James McDonald's driving well, and uh, Doug McNair's driving well, and, and now Bobby's come back. So uh, it's going to be very good. Uh, good competitive racing and like we talked about you know the, the competition on the thoroughbred side well i think on the, on the standbred side we're going to have some good competition with the drivers oh i mean and you start uh, like building and ramping up to the big money stakes races at woodbine mohawk park i mean good luck trying to break to the top three or four exactly exactly well, the Kentucky Derby Trail continues today at two North American tracks, and the Withers is the feature at Aqueduct Racetrack, one of the New York State racetracks operated by the New York Racing Association, or NYRA. Keith McCalmont is the Senior Manager of Communications for NYRA, and you know him very well. He's spent a lot of time at Woodbine in Marketing Communications. Keith, welcome to the show. It's a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thanks very much, gentlemen, for having me on it. Uh, always good to talk to some familiar voices from back home and uh, even though i'm in new york now I, I still try to keep an eye on all things woodbine and mohawk as best i can well keith for for listeners maybe who don't understand just talk about what the nyra is and how it helps the horse racing industry in new york sure the new york racing association uh, has license to operate three tracks here in new york york uh, aqueduct where we're currently racing through the winter months uh, then we move over to Belmont Racetrack in the spring, which is the home of the Belmont Stakes, third leg of the Triple Crown. And in the summer, we go to Saratoga, which is paradise on earth. It's the two-month summer meet, home to the Travers. And uh, if you have not made the trip to upstate New York to Saratoga, you need to start planning now because it is the jewel of horse racing. Now, you're Senior Manager Communications at uh, Naira. I guess two questions for you. Exactly. What is your role as senior manager communication? And you were in the marketing uh, and communications department at Woodbine. Was that a tough decision to leave? 
Yeah, you know, um, it was a little bit personal and professional in that um, I'd worked for about 10 years at Woodbine and, and was manager of communications there. And I'd sort of um, run the gamut of, of working the NA Cups and Queen's Plate and an opportunity arrived to, to come to New York and take a step up. And uh, at the same time, I was dating someone uh, who was American and we were doing a long distance thing. So New York became a middle ground for us. And she now works here at Naira as well in our TV uh, department. So it was sort of a, uh, a, a good midpoint of a chance to step up and take a new position in horse racing and grow myself, but also grow personally. And uh, now I'm living in Brooklyn and uh, hopefully... I still have a bit of a Canadian accent, but I, I'm very fortunate to work here. <laughs> well, you don't sound like you're from Joyce or anything, Keith, so you're good. I mean, we, we know about the history and, and the uh, appeal of Woodbine. I think for a lot of people, maybe don't realize Aqueduct has a real deep, rich history in Queens and the Jamaica, Queens area in New York. Tell us about Aqueduct and what makes it such a special racetrack for horse racing fans in that part of the U.S. Yeah, you know, this is this is the city track. Your aqueduct is uh, connected to Manhattan, Brooklyn, by the A-Train. And uh, one of the things I love about working here is that I live in Brooklyn in Fort Greene, and I'll get on the, uh, the A-Train to come up for a race day, and all the horse folks, they all sit on the last two cars. And so it's not uncommon for me to be riding the train besides somebody reading the racing form uh, <laughs> and people talking about their for the day. Like, it's, it's a real part of the culture here. Um, and then out on, on the first floor, especially on Saturdays, we draw a really good crowd, um, a really involved crowd, and you can hear them yelling and, and, and cheering not only our races here at Aqueduct, but big derby preps that are happening at, you know, Gulfstream Fairgrounds, wherever it may be happening. So it's, we're right here beside JSK, but there is a ton of history here. Um, and this race on, on uh, later today, the, the Withers, is, is one of those great races. All right, let's talk about the Withers. Uh, who do you like in there? Put your <laughs> handicapping, put your handicapping point, hat on. <laughs> let's <laughs> get right to the, to the point. point. <laughs> There's... Um, there's a horse by the name of Cavarcier yeah. who won the Jerome last out, trained by Kelly Breen, and this is a regally bred horse by Tappet out of Take Charge Brandy, who was an Eclipse Award champion, Philly, a Breeders' Cup winner. And this horse has all the breeding to say you can go go a distance to ground. We've got nine furlongs uh, to, to travail here on, uh, on race eight today. This horse broke its maiden going nine furlongs, turned back to a mile last out and won the Jerome on New Year's Day, picked up 10 derby points there. And I like that versatility. It shows the horse had some tactical speed to be able to go nine furlongs in one race, cut back to a mile, mm-hmm. still win comfortably. And I, I think this is kind of setting up for him a little bit today. I think he'll, he'll sit off whoever decides to make the lead, and hopefully that class and pedigree comes through. A lot of people talking about early voting. Why is that getting so much attention for this race? Early voting is um, our morning line favorite, and this is uh, a lot to do with connections, I believe. Uh, trainer Chad Brown is a four-time Eclipse Award winner. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about his, his turf horses, but he's equally adept with training dirt horses. Jose Ortiz comes up to ride um, 
this horse broke its maiden very impressively. I'm not quite sure who he beat that day, though. I don't think it was the strongest of fields. So that's why I'm I'm in the, the, the court of the more experienced Cavarcier. But this is one of these things when you've got young horses, they've all just turned three years old on January 1. There's not a ton of form to look at. So the promise and potential is what, what handicappers are looking at. Early voting the son of Gunrunner, who has been a good sire so far. This is a horse who is a deserving morning line favorite, but I don't think there's going to be any oddball horses in here. You can make a case for four or five. Hmm. Okay. Larry? And I guess, Keith, one major challenge, not just today, but pretty much any day, is, is weather, especially with your winter meet. Uh, how has it been so far? Uh, you've lost a, a few days, have you, for because of cancellations, because of weather? Yeah, winter meets are always tricky. Um, and, of course, we want to err on, on the side of caution and, and make sure that we're, we're doing our best for the interest of the safety of the horses and, and, and the horsemen involved. So last weekend, we, we got uh, about 12 inches of, of snow <laughs> arriving oh. on the Friday night. So we, we canceled the Saturday card. And then to, uh, to take care of the track maintenance and make sure the track was in good order, we, we went ahead and canceled Sunday's card as well. And uh, we've gotten rid of the snow. But then yesterday, fog settled in. So we got through eight of the nine races on our card before a heavy fog settled in from, from just over uh, JFK here, and we had to cancel the last race. Uh, so we're looking now uh, at, at a bit of a wet track for today's card. There's been rain uh, all day Friday, and uh, it's going to be clear today, but you're going to look for a horse who's got some wet track experience. And uh, as mentioned, Cavarcier won the Jerome over a sloppy track, so he does have that experience. Speaking with Keith McCallum, the Senior Manager of Communications for the NYRA, the New York Racing Association. Keith, you know, it's been well documented, and Larry and I spent a lot of time talking about just the size, the handle that was wagered at Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park last year. What's it been like at Aqueduct in New York Racing with the handle in the last 12 months? Yeah, you know, I think um, everyone... uh, sort of had to deal with, with, with the pandemic and, and, and less uh, less handle and less race dates, uh, just navigating through the whole COVID experience. But uh, in 2021, we, we registered all sources handle of more than $2.3 billion. Oh. Um, it was, it was a, an incredible race year. Our average daily handle jumped about 22% over 2019, um, sort of the last year for year. Um, type comparison that we have. So uh, we've been very, very fortunate that um, our, our Naira Betts uh, program, uh, our Naira Betts uh, ADW, has gotten a lot of exposure through our America's Day at the Races TV program, which airs on the networks of Fox Sports here in the U.S. Um, and you can also find it on YouTube. I'm sure uh, those of you that are uh, playing through uh through Twitter and following along that way, see the ads for the show. But uh, I think the TV exposure and uh, just just the overall uh, benefit of the brand and getting into more homes has really helped our handle. So it's uh, it, it was a good 2021, and we're hoping for an even better 2022 as things get more and more normal as we, fingers crossed and knock on wood, exit the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What, what what was it that got you interested in horse racing, Keith? 
Um, classic story, really. I'm, uh, my uh, my family is Irish, uh, so growing up in our house, it was horse racing and football, <laughs> soccer, for yeah, those yeah. of you that yeah. don't know. Uh, so, you know, my dad and I would, would go to Woodbine when I was when I was a kid. I remember being as young as uh, eight or nine, uh, being, at, being at Woodbine, waiting uh, for the jockeys to come back after the races. And uh, I'd collect autographs in my program, and I still I have them all in, in, a, in a kit bag. Um, it was one occasion where Sandy Hawley, a multiple Hall of Famer, came back uh, through the back paddock at Woodbine, and there were a group of us kids waiting to get his autograph. And Sandy said, wait here, guys. And he went into the drugstore, came back out with an arm full of goggles, and every kid there got a pair of goggles from Sandy, and he signed them for us. So wow. years and years later... I still have those goggles, and for the last two or three years of my time at Woodbine, Sandy and I shared an office. It's just—it's—it's it's amazing to me. Um, you know, you, you grow up dreaming about working in something, and 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 for me, it happened. And and to work with a legend like like Sandy Hawley, um, who is just as nice as you would expect he would be, uh, was really a dream come true. Keith, we can't thank you enough for this. All great success with the New York Racing Association. We'll definitely keep in touch throughout the year, and let's have a great weekend and a great next few months throughout the New York racing season. Talk to you soon, Keith. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. When we come back, Tommy Masses, or Tommy Hammer, joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Tommy Massis, joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Tommy, one of the most accomplished handicappers in North America, having won several contests and a major pick-six score at Hong Kong Racing a couple of years ago. Today, they hammer the Babe Ruth of horse players in North America. And everyone loves him. Tommy Massis, the hammer, joining us. Tommy, welcome to the show. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. No, it's my, it's, uh, the honor is all mine. Thank you for having me back again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all joking aside, you have the hammer, the Babe Ruth, the horse player. 
this doesn't just come out of like by accident. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Try to explain to the listeners the science of picking and being a successful handicapper. Well, you know, uh, everyone said it at the track. Uh, I'm a good handicapper, but I don't know how to bet. I'm a good handicapper. You know, I don't know how to bet. Well, I, you know, years ago, a friend of mine saw the way I was playing. He goes, Hey, you should be killing this game. He goes, you bet like a little girl. And that was my turning point. And I learned how to bet like a big girl and never looked back since. How did you get this interest in horse racing, Tommy? Oh man. Like, uh, I went the first time uh, my uncle dragged me was to see secretariat. Uh, I was 10 years old. I didn't like that, but, uh, later on in life, uh, I remember coming home one day and I saw my uncle and my cousin who was a lot older. They're on the sofa. Like, you know, they're going to get their last meal before death row. My grandfather walks in and he starts yelling at him. And I never seen my grandfather mad ever. And they got caught phone of the track. And my grandfather said, you know, this kid stays home with all his girl cousins. Take him to a movie instead of going to that place and losing your hard earned money. So the next time my uncle goes, you want to go to a movie? And we're coming down the QEW eastbound, coming down. I see all these bright lights. And I said, hey, we're going to a drive-in. My uncle said, yeah, yeah, we're going to a drive-in. It was Greenwood Racetrack. <laughs> I saw all the cool guys in the neighborhood there. I went home with about $7 and hit money from getting coffees. And that was it. I was hooked. <laughs> uh, I mean, you also take part in handicapping seminars. What exactly is that, Tommy? Handicapping seminars? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I go on people's podcasts. I really say no to anyone and, and and try to teach people how to bet. And what I've been doing, you know, since I, I hit Hong Kong, people were reaching out to me on social media to, to, to learn how to play Hong Kong and all that. And then we, we made a turn from there. And the guys, you know, the, the last seven, eight guys that stuck with it really wanted to know how to gamble. So I've been with this group for a year now and, and, you know, I taught them well and I taught them, uh, they each watch replays at a different track and they share their notes and I share their notes. It makes it easier for me. So we've got a real strong group and, and you know, we're probably going to anytime, any day now or any month now, we're going to open up a website and, and as a group, try to teach it to the masses, you know, not for profit, just for giving back and having fun and, and, you know, uh, this game, this game, without help from other people, I would have never got to where I am. And I'm always willing to help. I'm, I'm on my phone. My phone's been zinging all morning, like you know, people asking me for horses. But I really pay attention to people who want to ask for help on how to play the game. Well, your good luck cat paid off for the Hong Kong Pick Six. Uh, after winning five races, what was your stress level trying to figure out if you won the sixth race and all that money or not? <laughs> yeah, no, you had you have no idea what what it's actually paying. So they don't post the, the oh. will pay. So I had no idea if it was paying 50000 20000 100000 I didn't think it was anywhere near that. And plus, I was up all night. It's like 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. I'm running on fumes. So, you know, there, there was really, I, I was really void of any kind of emotions or feelings at that point. And I trust me, if I knew it was paying 100000 my hair would have been pumping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it was paying a million, sorry. Yeah, right? no, I mean, you know, hundred. Yeah, yeah, even a hundred thousand. You know, I'm going. You know, I I know how to keep myself tempered. You know, so it's paying a hundred thousand. I got three horses. I never, you know, I say I'm not gonna. I talk myself into it. Right, you're not gonna win, so I don't get myself too excited. But if you know you're playing for a million, you know, you you know, you, I'd be watching the race in the washroom. 
<laughs> Larry. I want to touch a little bit on the handicapping contest that uh, you've been so successful at, uh, Tommy. Uh, what was it that got you involved in these contests? Like you, you went from just a, a regular player to a competitor. What was it? Well, uh, a friend of mine from Woodbine, Brian Troop, you know, a lifelong horse player, mm-hmm. never won. could never win a day at the track. It was, you know, he was horrible. And he won the NHC contest, right? He won like, you know, 500,000 back then, 600,000. And, and, you know, when they interviewed him, he said, you know, they said, are you pretty good at this game? He goes, I just broke my maiden in, in the, in the, in the Breeders' Cup or the Super Bowl, you know. He goes, you know, like he's never had a winning day and the one winning day he has, it's 500,000. So, he came back and, you know, I congratulated him because, hey, I'm going, I go play all these contests all over the States and that. You're more than welcome to come with me. And about four months later, you know, I took up the offer and we went to Laurel Park and I bet a 25, remember, I bet a 25 to one shot on the last race and just got beat. And, uh, you know, I go, ah, that ends the breaks. But everyone kept walking up to me and, and Brian saying that, you know, he just bet that horse. He just missed. They're all saying, why didn't you bet win place? Like every person we talked to, and I'm saying, okay, these guys have no idea how to play. Then when I looked at the leaderboard, half the contestants, they went home with 200, 300, 100. They didn't even try to win. I talked to my partner I bet horses with back then, and he goes, yeah, you got to play this. He goes, and I said, I, you know, I don't play win place. I, you know, the, the parameters of the contest don't suit me. He goes, but you're playing against idiots, basically, <laughs> right? And, and, and between that and I've never had value for money. So when you play in these contests, you got to put it into your mind, you know, the live money contest, that it's not real money. And, and, and I think that's an extreme advantage for me. You know, I get back home after I lose and it hits me. Hey, that was real money. But while you're playing, you just got to you just gotta play like it's Monopoly money and have the guts just to fire away with reckless abandon. But Tommy, in all seriousness, I think this speaks to the point where a lot of people think they know what they're doing. But there's only select food that really do when it comes to proper and successful handicapping. Yeah, handicapping, handicapping, there's more than one way to do it, but people waste way too much time on handicapping. If, if, if all, the, all the, the borderline good players out there would see my handicapping process and how, how short a time it takes me, they'd probably all commit Harry Carey. <laughs> you know, I focus on the gambling part. I focus on how to structure my tickets. It's the gambling part that, that pays, you know, because we can all come up with horses. You know, you've been playing horses. If you've been playing horses for a long time, you get good at this game and no matter which way you come at it, right? It doesn't really matter without proper gambling. You will not win. And with proper gambling, you can win even if you're not the greatest handicapper. Interesting. Larry. Okay. Tommy, speaking of handicapping, we're going to put you to work now. Today, today is the, uh, Holy bowl at Gulfstream. Uh, who catches your eye in there? Uh, you want me to go just into that race, or? Well, start with that, and then if there's uh, okay, you know, yeah. So, uh, so uh, number two, Mo Donegal, uh, you know, top Fletcher has been winning everything over here. Got I right? He looks like the horse to beat. But uh, I, I, I've heard on certain uh, pods and that that Brian Hernandez, uh, the jockey of Tis the Bomb, says this horse is a machine, can run on any surface. So, you know, it's not a race that I'm really interested in betting on. But those are, I think, the two horses. Mo Donadil and Tis the Bomb. Anything else at Gulfstream on Saturday? 
Yeah, the horse I really like uh, is uh, Race 10, the, the Swedish Chance, the mile 16th on the turf. Number 10, how's Green? And this trainer does this. I don't know if he's sneaky or just a complete bolt. He does it often. <laughs> horse wins for fun on the turf. I came in first time out against a real good field, like, like a good thing. So obviously the next thing is to take him off the turf and run on the dirt. You know, so it's kind of, I don't know, he does it over and over. I don't know if he's trying to bet on the horses or he's just not too bright. And now the horse is back on the turf, got two races into him, into a stake race, going to be a big prize. So if Hal's Green don't win, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to lose my money. So that's the horse, you know, from the stake races I looked at, that's definitely the one I like the most. How often does gut instinct come into play when you're making your picks for gambling, Tommy? Well, you know, I, I, I tell the story how I did a podcast once and uh, I said I hated this horse in uh, the Woodbine Mile. You know, I hated, I thought it was a wide open race and I eliminated three horses and at one minute to post, I walked up and bet the winner at 60 to 1. And I couldn't figure out for the life of me why I bet this horse. I'm sitting with a bunch of people there, you know, two of them were at, you know, part of the podcast. They said, I, you hated that horse. I go, I don't know what just happened. Something just picked me up and... And, you know, I thought it was ESP or, you know, my mom from heaven. And, you know, about six months later, I'm with a friend in Florida, and he introduced me to his friend who's this big uh, banking investor guy, a real smart guy. And I was telling him the story, and then he broke down to me how the left brain and the right brain work. He goes, you've learned, he said, the right brain does all the work without you in on it. The left side of the brain is all the data is there, and... The right side is doing the work. He goes, and you're just letting the right side of your brain do the work, and you're not questioning it. He goes, you can call it instinct, right? You can call it feeling. He goes, but trust me. And I looked into that and explained everything. My brain just says, you know, go tell that girl she's gorgeous. I get in trouble because I just do. I'm on automatic pilot, you know, and with horse racing, I just go with my gut feeling. Yeah, so it's that right, left, left side, right side of the brain. I learned to just let it go, you know, when I'm gambling. You know, you get that feeling just with it I, and i think horse racing is a game where people overdo things and overthink things you know if, if, if you keep changing your mind you shouldn't be betting if you know it, it, it just should be straightforward avoid all the clutter and just go boom boom get it over with don't stress and just gamble right that's the most important thing do you have a, a favorite angle Tommy, that you like to play, like maybe uh, blinkers on, blinkers off, third start off the layoff, uh, jockey change, trainer so my, change. My, 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 the, the number one thing I've made money on is get in a race with a ton of speed in the race, a bunch of front runners, and have some plotter at the back that usually comes in, you know, you know nothing brilliant. I want a long shot, and, and you would be surprised how many times this horse sitting at the back that's just there to collect fifth money comes, you know, not running by them, but walking by them in the lane. And that's my favorite angle. Hmm. Tommy, always and a I think pleasure. That, I think that horse I gave you, a Gulfstream, Hal's, Hal's Dream, or the, the McSee horse I gave you, I think that's going to be that type of scenario, too, on top of you know the angle of the trainer move. Outstanding. Tommy, I mean, you know, Larry and I are huge fans. Thank you always for coming on. Friend of the show. We'll definitely have you on again close to the Kentucky Derby, but keep up the great work and keep up uh, being good at what you do. You really educate a lot of us about the science of handicapping and gambling and how they're two very different things, and it's very important to know. So thank you, as always, for joining us. Yeah, and thank you, guys. You're good for racing in our, in our beautiful country, province, and city, and keep up the good work as well. And any time. My time is your time, boys. The hammer. Okay. All right, Tommy, talk to you soon. Okay, take it easy.
After the break, when we come back, Tony Elliott, racing manager for London's The Raceway at Western Fair District, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Tony Elliott, joining us again today and the racing manager for Western Fair Raceway and the London Standard Bread Track is once again in the midst of their long-standing and popular winter racing season, which carries through to the month of May. Tony, as always, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. The listeners, always loving you join us. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on again. It's a pleasure. As we get started, how's the winter meet going at Western Fair? It's going really well. Like, obviously, we've had some uh, adjustments to our restrictions. So we've we've had fans, and we couldn't have fans. And then, uh, obviously, fans, we just welcomed back last Monday. So we're uh, very excited to have people back uh, on site. But the wagering has been going real, really well, and uh, the racing action couldn't have been any better the last few months. And uh, we're excited to kind of hit part of our busier part of the season. Obviously, we're going four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday and uh, with uh, some of the bigger stakes coming up at the end of our season we're kind of gearing up towards that and uh, our sire stakes schedule actually came out today so we're it's a pretty good timing for this interview and hopefully you're out of the bad weather nights right so there's not that many cancellations how has it been so far uh, the weather's been hit or mess we've had to cancel twice in the last month we actually had to cancel Wednesday night just because uh, that snowstorm was coming in and uh, obviously it's everyone's safety is our number one priority so it's just if it's if it's any danger to anybody getting the track we always uh, side on the side of caution and uh, we decide to cancel the card so it, it, we don't like canceling but it was uh, certainly the right decision i know tony we speak to people with a thoroughbred and standardbred tracks around north america covid did cause some issues with how many horses they had to work with how has there been a shortage of horses at western fair how you been for the amount of horses to line up every time for every race uh, it's been, uh, it hasn't been perfect. That's for sure. It's, it's certainly an issue that the whole industry is monitoring. And I know what by Mohawk Park, they're, uh, implementing some pop-up series that helps to draw some horses in. And then obviously we've, uh, we've struggled a little bit with horses, but the race office, Ian Fleming, uh, at the Clinton race office has done a, an unbelievable job, uh, maximizing the, our horse population right now. And it looks like we're starting to get, get a little bit stronger here. as Some of the three or three and four year olds come back off their uh, winter rest and things like that. And handle has been good so far. 
yeah, it's it's been it's been very very good uh, throughout COVID. We've we've experienced some pretty pretty substantial increases. Uh, like we were we were experiencing increases prior to COVID, but when uh, everything got shut down, obviously everyone uh, received a spike. But uh, even despite that, we're still holding fairly strong compared to last year when everything was shut down. So because uh, obviously a lot of the wagering has been uh, coming from online and it's it's held strong. So we're actually been. Uh, presently, pleasantly surprised with how well it's maintained, and we've actually had a few increases along the way. Well, maybe for listeners who don't realize, Tony, why don't you educate them and let them know just the history of Standard Bird Racing at Western Fair? Am I correct? It goes back quite a ways. Yeah, I uh, I don't know the exact year, but it's uh, sometime in the eight, late 1800s. So <laughs> it's uh, uh, I'm not sure the exact date on that, but it's been around for a long time, and I think it's it, like most most racetracks, it started as part of the the fair racing there. Obviously, Western Fair District. It's it's right in the name. Our our fair is is a big uh, proud part of our our history and something we host every year um, when we're not in the middle of a pandemic. But uh, so that's basically how it started. And it's just kind of grown year over year since then. And uh, uh, four nights a week uh, from January to May, and then uh, three nights a week October till December. So I mean, it's pretty it's pretty pretty crazy how long the racetrack's been around and uh the history is just something that you always want to look back on and, and appreciate all the all the people that have made the track into what we're proud to have today well i think it's a, a point of pride i think for the horse racing industry and in all the province if you can point to anywhere that's been around since the late 1800s that's that speaks well oh for sure yeah like it's uh, horse racing has been has been part of Canada's history since the beginning, and, and I'm pretty sure it's around the same time that uh, Canada uh, became a country is when Western Fair started racing. So I mean, it's it's been in the roots of Canadian history, and uh, we can we continue it today. And uh, obviously, a lot of people are familiar with it, and it's uh, it's certainly evolved since that time. It's like it used to pack the grandstand every night, and now things have shifted towards more of an online audience and an on track audience. So it's it's it's, it's certainly evolved over time, but it's uh, it's certainly something we're proud of. And I, I've been in this business a couple of years, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can I can honestly say, Tony, that uh, the first two racetracks that I ever visited as a kid were Greenwood and Western Fair because we had family that lived up in the well in Elmer, Ontario. So uh, yeah, um, but getting on that, there is a lot of history with the track. Like you had guys like John Campbell and the Herberts and everything that started their career there, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, John Campbell, uh, I'm pretty sure his first drives were at Western Fair, if I remember correctly. And obviously, he's gone on to be the best harness racing driver we've seen in the sport. And he's since retired. At, uh, he actually retired at Legends Day a few years back. And uh, so, I mean, that was that was pretty cool. Like he started, he started racing in London and he retired in Clinton. So that's pretty, pretty cool if you look back at it. Well, I mean, you just alluded to it earlier in the interview, Tony. Uh, the Western Fair District presenting the City of London Series May 13th, 20th, and 27th. It's going to be a fantastic month of racing at Western Fair. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, we decided to go an extra leg on the City of London Series just to give more additional racing opportunity for those type of horses, like the numbers of 10,000 life. Like, it just fits perfectly in our schedule there. And, and there's quite a few horses that uh, kind of emerge from that series and go on to do some pretty, pretty, pretty nice things. Like I do, if I remember correctly, significance that's racing in the higher up classes on the B tracks right now, uh, swept the, swept the city of London series and then went on to win the case of Ken Pace at Clinton. 
and then uh, obviously did very well in the sire stakes throughout that year. But there's been there's been I'm pretty sure so much more. Obviously the top top mare in our promise right now. I'm pretty sure she also raced in the the city of London series. So the two horses right there that are are racing at the high level, and obviously so much more. We'll see if she gets O'Brien Award on Sunday. But uh, just some pretty, pretty, pretty spectacular horses that have come out of that series, and so we're we're always happy to host that. And then, like you mentioned, it just kind of gears up uh, the month of May towards Camlock on the 27th, and then the finals of the City of London. And then we also have uh, Ontario Star Stakes Grassroots that night, and then we also have a, a new race that will be appearing that night that we'll be uh, providing some details on in the next coming weeks. So people should be looking out for that announcement. And you alluded to when you first came on about the uh, sire stakes uh, schedule just coming out. Uh, how many uh, sire stakes have you got at uh, Western Fair? So we have uh, we have a grass three year old pace grass race on May twenty seventh uh, on Camelot Classic night. So that's always there's normally three or four divisions of that. It's it's very competitive racing. And then uh, um, if you go to the end of our season, we host one of the last gold events for three year old Colt Trotters on October sixth. So that's just, uh, we, we open on September 30th for next season. And then, uh, on October 6th, we have, um, we have three old, or sorry, October 4th, we have three old cold trot gold at Western fair. And then, uh, something new that started up last year is the prospect series, which is considered the third leg of the Ontario Sire stakes. We have, we have all the three-year-old divisions on our last night of the year, May 31st. So that, that we're excited to host that. And then, we actually got the finals this year. There's each of the finals goes for fifteen thousand dollars, and uh, that's on our opening night, September thirtieth. Outstanding. So, uh, speaking with friend of the show, friend of all, Tony Elliott, who's a racing manager at Western mm-hmm. Fair Raceway in the London Standard Track. Tony, you were on earlier on the show, and you re- mentioned you were representing Clinton Raceway in their driving championship. You're still doing some work with them. Yeah, I'm going to be helping out this summer. Uh, the role I have at Western Fair is full time throughout the summer as well, but they also want me to continue helping out Clinton Raceway and keep learning from the the master Ian Fleming. So uh, I'll be helping out with them this summer. We're just kind of in the midst of uh, planning the season, but there'll be there's plenty of exciting stuff going on there, and uh, we should have more details. I'm pretty sure next week there'll be there'll be a press release out about uh, some of the big events that are be coming coming this year. Where did the interest in horse racing come from, you? Or for you, I should say. Uh, I grew up around it, basically. My my dad worked for a groom for a little bit. My uncle, Steve Elliott, worked at uh, Bud Fritz's farm uh, uh, as a groom there. He was actually the groom of Silver Rain, obviously a Hall of Fame mayor. And so then we kind of just got the buzz of race, and we went to every stake race pretty much across Ontario growing up and uh, just kind of got the bug for it. And like you guys know, it doesn't it doesn't really go away. And then, uh, and then when I kind of got to the, close to the end of my schooling, I just kind of you kind of have to figure out what you want to do as a career. And I always love racing. And, and then I realized that there was a whole, whole business side of racing as well. So that's, that's where I got my interest in it. And then had some really nice opportunities along the way and very thankful for them. And then I was able to get the racing manager position at Western Fair this past fall. So it's been, it's been pretty, pretty crazy how, how far it's come, but I'm very proud of what, what I've been able to do and very thankful for the opportunity so far. Was there any point, Tony, when you, you after high school, you're doing your post-secondary education, where you're thinking maybe one thing or another that was going to take you away from racing? Um, I don't know. Like if if there was, I I kind of considered a few things. Like I end up I end up going down to the states 
uh, on scholarship for hammer throw actually oh. for division one school bound in Indiana, but I ended up getting hurt. So I came back here and then ended up going to Fanshawe for marketing and just graduated there this past fall. Um, so I just kind of, I, just like anybody else that gets a marketing diploma, like it's, there's lots of people that got it. So, I mean, you kind of have to figure out what you want to do with it, but I kind of, kind of picked up, I was lucky to pick up early on that I, this is what I wanted to do and kind of geared what I was learning towards that. And then before I even got out of school, I had some pretty good opportunities to kind of explore the, the business side of racing. And I absolutely loved it. So I've been, I've been very lucky. Do you mind if I ask, what school did you get the scholarship for hammer throw? Uh, Valparaiso uh, oh. uh, University in Indiana. Yeah, I, they have a pretty good basketball program down there. Absolutely, they're they're in the March Madness offing. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. really yeah, good for you. I did you know that because we I know some of my friends whose kids have done track and field, but it's more cross country and that kind of event to go in scholarship. Never hammer throw. So good for you to do that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I was kind of I kind of got away from racing for a little bit because I. I like fell in love with uh, track and field, and then one of, one of my goals was to get a Division One scholarship, and I was lucky to be able to get that. And then it kind of it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. Obviously, I I got hurt, and then decided to come back home. But uh, it was pretty cool being down there, like going to the basketball games and stuff like that. It was uh, it was a small school, but it was uh, everyone was really passionate about sports down there. Well, and then and now you're doing what you love, so it turned out pretty good, Tony. Yeah, like I said, I I couldn't be any luckier. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's have a great rest of the meet and looking forward to fantastic May at Western Fair. Tony Elliott, as always, thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Pleasure. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region.
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities of potential betting gems, as Larry gives us his always much-anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. But before we get to the picks, Larry, a quick wrap-up on the Don't Horse Around Lymphoma online silent auction. Well, it closed on uh, Monday night, January 31st. There was an issue with people trying to get in at the very last minute, and they couldn't. The, uh, the auction was... Uh, shut down at uh, midnight on, which on is Monday, which is... What we had been saying. Yes, exactly. So uh, those items have been basically calculated, and people are in the process of uh, basically getting them sent to them and that. We did keep the items up there that did not have bids on them. Or, yes. And so they're up there right now. And if people are interested in going in and having a look around because maybe they got in too late and, uh, you know, forgot about it or whatever, they can go to uh, the website and basically go on there and uh, basically bid on it. And all they have to do is just go in at what the, uh, the first bid was, uh, you know, for the, uh, the actual item itself. So... Uh, we will probably be in a position this time next week to have a grand total of how much the uh, the auction made. Uh, it was well received, so uh, we're kind of excited, and I think yeah. we're talking about maybe doing another one uh, sometime later in the year. Maybe when the both the thoroughbreds and the standardbreds are racing up here. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, so that's that's something that we're looking at. But you know, stay tuned. We'll we'll have a final figure for you next week lymphoma.ca slash ponies to get the link and then make those uh, different bids we were talking about. Okay, uh, that's outstanding news for the Lymphoma Canada online silent auction. Let's get to some outstanding news with your picks because, you know, let's face it, you make a lot of people money, Larry. I try. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Let's hope that I try hard today. So, all right, let's start at uh, Gulfstream. Gulfstream's got a very nice card, including the... Uh, the Holy Bull, which is a... Great uh, name for a race. Yeah. Well, was, he was a nice horse, too. So, obviously, they named race after him, right? So, uh, but uh, let's start at uh, race eight at Gulfstream. It's the grade three uh, forward gal stakes for three-year-old fillies at seven furlongs with a purse of $100,000. The number five horse, Radio Days, has done nothing wrong for trainer Shug McGahee, starting twice and winning twice. Uh, Radio Day's last start was at today's distance at Aqueduct at seven furlongs where she totally demolished the field by eight and a half lengths. She's two for two, has capable jockey Dylan Davis uh, staying on board today, so he's shipping down from Aqueduct. And I just think that uh, Radio Day should get the job done today in the forward gal. I especially like the fact that she's won at the distance. And these are lightly raced uh, three-year-old fillies. So uh, Gulfstream Park, race eight, number five, Radio Days. Okay. And the next? And as I mentioned, today is the grade three Holy Bull Stakes with a purse of $250,000 at one and one-eighth miles, which is sometimes a tricky distance for horses, and especially early in their three-year-old campaign. This is a Kentucky Derby points race, so... Uh, the winner of this receives points, and right down to the uh, the fourth place finisher. So, I like the number six horse, Tis the Bomb. I've been watch, uh, actually waiting for this horse to uh, turn three and, and make it out on the track. As this horse finished second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf at Del Mar in November, 
since then, he's been basically working lights out. Uh, people have got questions whether he can uh, transfer his good turf form to the dirt. I think he can. He, he looks like he's bred to do it. He can get the distance, I think. And uh, uh, p- getting back to the fact that uh, does he like dirt? Well, he he broke his maiden, and he won by 14 and a quarter lengths when he broke his maiden on the dirt. So I think I think he he does have a little bit of a breeding to get him get both the distance and and the distance and the uh, uh, the track conditions. So uh, I think he should fare well in the Kentucky Derby points race. So Gulfstream Park race 11, number six, tis the bomb. And next. Well, let's go to the standard bread set now. Uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11-race card, and I like a couple of races there tonight. Uh, let's start. Race one is a one-mile pace, a claiming handicap, uh, a purse of uh, $18,000. The number eight horse, Outcast Blue Chip, just raced uh, Tuesday night at Western Fair. Mm, oh, uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, when he won by five lengths in the preferred class in 154 and three, that's a very solid time for that track. That's a half-mile track. Today he's back on a seven-eighths mile track, so you know, and, and I, I don't know that normally that would equate to about a fifty-two mile. In, but uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, he's back at Mohawk tonight. He's in the same class where he raced on January seventh and the fifteenth, but he drew the eight and the seven hole then, and he really didn't uh, race that badly. Uh, but I think after Tuesday's race at Western Fair, it looks like this horse should have something to say tonight. He looks like this is a different horse than, mm-hmm. than what before he went to Western Fair. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race one, number eight, outcast blue chip. All right, and? Uh, race seven at Woodbine tonight is a one-mile trot uh, condition event for $16,000. The number three horse, Cameron Hanover, is a winner of over $337,000 lifetime was lightly raced last year, but was in the preferred handicap division because uh, he had won so much money in that in his previous starts. Uh, He's had three starts back in 2022. His last race showed that he's kind of rounding into form because he got on the front end and he raced a long way into the stretch. And this is a good sign that the horse is getting into pretty good shape. Uh, There's a drop in class. This is the cheapest class that this horse has ever raced in. The fact that uh, this horse has won... uh, he knows how to win. He's won 16 races in his career. I think he's got a great opportunity tonight for win number 17. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race seven, number three, Cameron Hanover. Finally. Finally is the Meadowlands. Uh, they have a 13 race card tonight. I guess the 15 ones are gone for a while. But uh, <laughs> uh, And race five is a one-mile condition pace with a purse of uh, $14,500. The number seven horse, Captain My Captain, makes the third start off his form cycle. Last week from the nine hole, he tried to take the uh, uh, the field a long way on the front end only to get past late to finish fourth, beating a length. He gets the seven hole tonight. Capable driver Scott Zeron is back in the bike. And this horse seems to be rounding in the form. His captain, my captain, prior to his two starts this year, had been off since September of 2020. So the Meadowlands race five, number seven, Captain, my captain. Beautiful. Special older buddy, Mark, the fans of horse racing. No football this weekend, so Jimmy's got a bit of a sad face. Well, I'll wait to the Super Bowl <laughs> next week, and we'll make our Super Bowl picks. Yep. As always, thanks for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the new issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine that was recently released, email Larry Simpson at 
theponies247experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info, as always, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. As even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cause. Stick around with 105.9 of the region all week long. The legend and rumors next with York Region's only magazine show, The Feed. I'll be back here Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.